are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening to who? Miller Thomas, the always wonderful, and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos. And my graphic design. For today's show, we are talking about last night's Diamondbacks win. Might have been their best win in weeks. A very surprising win for the D-backs. They, they never win games like how they won it last night. So we'll get into that. Talk, we'll do a little preview of tonight's game. And then I want to talk about three keys the D-backs need to improve on for next season if they want to have any shot at making the postseason. But first... If your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks are listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, salary rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. Now, let's jump right into it. Let's get into last night's game because... This is one that was definitely surprising, to say the least, by the D-backs, by how well they performed. This was a battle of the Smiths in this one, because the D-backs had three Smiths on their starting rota- in their starting rotation. Rotation, I guess, lineup plus rotation, excuse me, plus bullpen last night. They, they had three Smiths starting in the game, to say the least. Pavin Smith, Riley Smith, and Caleb Smith. Now... Caleb Smith was the one who started the game, the starting pitcher. And he was pretty good last night. And that's surprising to say because of how he started off the game. He started off the game really poor. We thought this was going to be one of those Robbie Ray-esque games because everyone, as I always say, compares Caleb Smith to Robbie Ray. And to start off the game, he looked like Robbie Ray. I thought I was still watching Robbie Ray out there on the mound because he started the game with three straight walks to start the game, loaded the bases to start the game, didn't even give his team a chance. You thought, wow, this is going to be one of those games where D-backs start off with three nothing hole, and they have to crawl their way back into it the whole game, and most likely they're just going to lose because those kind of games, D-backs usually score three runs and they lose seven to three. But not last night. The D-backs flipped the script yesterday, and after Going down 0-3, or walking the bases, I should say, uh, to start the game. Three guys on base, no outs, uh, not Pavin Smith, Caleb Smith just pulled it out of thin air to get three straight outs. He got a pop-up, and then two strikeouts, and then just like that, he was rolling. We thought it was going to be a bad start, but nah, that was only three walks he allowed. He ended up going four innings, only gave up one hit. No earned runs, two strikeouts, not too crazy in that department, but a very 
great, it was a solid game, a great game actually for Caleb Smith after starting off poorly, and he's still a guy who's working back. He, we know he missed a lot of time due to COVID. Uh, he wasn't really playing a lot of games, so he's still working his way back. He's still on that pitch count, and last night he got it to be expanded just a little bit. He was able to have his first 75 pitch outing last night. He went 78 pitches last night over four innings, so at least. Gives you confidence that he could probably go over five innings and have a pretty solid start. Now, granted, it was against the Texas Rangers last night, so they're no world beater. Texas Rangers only 6-23 and on the road this season, so we know how bad they are. We know they're just pretty much trash, but D-backs aren't any better. There's only two wins that separate these two teams, so they're both pretty garbage, but a great start last night for Caleb Smith. And then I told you this was the game with Smith because after Caleb Smith came out, Young stud Riley Smith, only 25 years old, pretty much still pretty new to this bullpen, came in and pitched the last five innings of this D-backs game. And he went five innings, five hits, no earned runs, no walks, and seven strikeouts. It was, that's a dominant performance out the bullpen. You'll take that as a starter for the D-backs. That would be the best probably start of the season for anybody not named Zach Gallon or Merrill Kelly for this Diamondbacks team. But out the bullpen, we'll definitely take that. The, that's a great-looking uh, outing out of the bullpen for Riley Smith. Maybe that will make the case for next season. We'll see what it looks like to end the year. He'll probably get a couple more outings out of uh, this season. I'm sure Toy Lavelle put him out there a couple more times to really see what Riley Smith is working with because last night he really showed us something. Maybe he showed us he could be a spot starter, at least a long relief guy. Who knows? Maybe this could be a guy who gets into the everyday bullpen next year and becomes a real valuable arm for this Diamondbacks team. But I really liked how the Smiths pitched last night. That was a dynamic duo last night because on the on the night in whole, nine innings for the Smiths, six hits, no earned runs, three walks, and nine strikeouts. That's a dominant performance from your pitching, and that's what you really need to see if you want to string together games. And then it wasn't just the pitching last night. The offense actually put up some runs too, and almost – Everyone got a hit in this one. Uh, Cole Calhoun and uh, Cole Calhoun was pretty much the only starter, the guy who the, the only guy who actually started the game who didn't get a hit because uh, Tim LaCastro didn't get a hit, but he pinched it just like Van Meter. They both just came in in relief in the end of the game. But everyone else in this D-backs lineup got a hit. And Carson Kelly had a three-run bomb last night. And Carson Kelly is a guy who I've been saying needs to pick it up at the end of the season because who knows if his roster spot's guaranteed for next year. I feel like it is just because the investment the D-backs have in him from that uh, trade in that Paul Goldschmidt trade, but I wouldn't be convinced if they are going to look at other catching options. There's nothing that convinces me from this season that Carson Kelly could be an everyday starter, and maybe next year that will change. Maybe next year with more time, more more preparation before the season starts, more spring training, Carson Kelly looks better next year. But so far, I haven't been impressed with his 2020 season. Uh, just like I haven't been impressed with Eduardo Escobar, we're in need of some big bounce-back seasons next year for these guys. 
the the one of the biggest concerns entering 2020 was there were so many guys last year who had breakout seasons and they there's a lot of questions whether they could continue into 2020 and right now those naysayers seem to be right Eduardo Espar has regressed mightily Carson Kelly hasn't looked as good as he did last season so maybe those guys are right but I still believe those guys have the talent to come back bounce back and at least show us that 2019 wasn't a fluke and they could replicate that in 2021 so we'll see what they do but for tonight's game d-backs rangers again we got alex young on the mound tonight he's been all right on the season we'll see what he looks like and a couple interesting tidbits from this game last night ketar Marte returned to the lineup he got a hit and before the game josh rojas was put on the injured list only the 10-day injured list but that effectively ends his season so the end of Josh Rojas, but at least we got Ketel Marte back to end the season. So that should be a little bit of a confidence boost. But great win last night for the Diamondbacks team. Now coming up, I'll tell you the three keys that the D-backs need to fix for next season if they want to get back in the playoff race. But first, can someone please call the Guinness Book of World Records and give 2020 the world's greatest delay of game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. And Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in the hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash MLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash MLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. And I told you guys I'll be bringing you the three keys the D-backs need to be working on if they want to get back in the postseason race for next season. So here they are. The number one, or not number one, but just the first key. I'm not going in order of importance, but the first key that the D-backs need to work on for next season if they want to get back in the 2021 playoff race is their starters need to pitch deeper into ball games. Not only do their stars need to be more effective, of course, they, they've just been getting shelled, the walks given up, the home runs given up, the hits allowed. It's all look garbage for this team, but it all stems. that That's all a big part of the contribution to the D-backs starters not going deep enough into ball games. I was looking at the stats. I'm looking at baseball reference right now. I was doing some quick calculations on my iPhone calculator, and you'll be shocked to see Madison Bumgarner, on average, is just pitching four and a half innings per start on average. Luke Weaver, just around four as well. And if you want to hear another crazy stat, Merrill Kelly only has five innings 
pitched less than Madison Bumgarner. He's pitched three less starts, but only had five innings pitched less than Madison Bumgarner. So that just goes to show you that this D-backs team just not pitching deep enough into ball games. Most of the time, they barely even make it to the fifth inning. Most of the time, they don't even make it to the fifth inning. Most of the time, they're just making it through four innings, and that's just not going to work. You need your team to go deeper into ball games to help your bullpen out. You need your starters to go deeper into ball games because it does give more confidence to the hitters when you have your ace on the mound just dealing going six seven deep it makes your hitter say let me go get this guy some run support but if you're a, a pitcher who is just struggling out there now that's a different kind of pre- uh, different kind of pressure on the d-backs offense when you're a pitcher who's not who's only going to go three or four innings into the ball game now now the offense has to think well if we don't score at least six runs today we're more than likely going to lose and that's a different kind of pressure that you don't want to put on your offense. That's an unsustainable kind of pressure. I like the pressure when you say, I got a stud on the mound tonight who's going six innings, one earned run. So give me three earned, give me three runs offense and we're winning this game. That's more manageable. That's where your offense is trying to play smarter, not be as aggressive and wait back on their pitches. But in the other scenario where your pitcher is giving up seven earned runs per start, only making it through four innings. Now your team is going to be overly aggressive. They're going to overcompensate. They're going to do things that are out of their character. And that's where teams really start to struggle. When That's where you really see those games where the D-backs lose 7-3 to because their offense is trying to do too much and their pitching can't do enough to, overcomp- uh, to compensate the offense. So starters, they need to go deeper into ball games. You have to do that by working on your command. You have to do better at locating your pitches because walks have been a big issue for the staff this season. So have hits allowed. Uh, Mass and Bumgarner and Luke Weaver both given up over 10 hits per nine innings, which is just not going to work. And then Mass and Bumgarner has given up three home runs per nine innings. So he's a guy who's given up major damage when he's up there pitching on the mound. And that's one of the reasons why he can't go deep into ball games because you're giving up home runs, which, is, which makes the lead uh, increase that much quicker because earned runs are guaranteed to cross the plate when you give up a home run. So runs just happen quicker, put you in a deficit quicker, and it just kills your confidence even quicker. So that's number one. D-backs need to work. Their their starters, at least, need to work on going deeper into ballgames. Number two, D-backs need to work on their OPS as an offense. I know that sounds pretty simple. That sounds pretty basic, but it's true. The D-backs have been awful at getting on base, and they've been awful at showing any sort of power this season outside of we know who, Cole Calhoun, because he's the power smasher on this team. He's the guy who's the only one that could produce home runs or any sort of extra base hits in the middle of in the middle of this lineup, and I would put some respect on Christian Walker's name. He's second on this team in home runs with six, which is modest, but he leads his team in doubles, so I don't want to say no one can get extra base hits, but it's mostly Cole Calhoun and Christian Walker, but when you go up and down this team in OPS, you see Carson Kelly, 579. Ketel Marte's only at 731 this year. Nick Ahmed, 723. Eduardo Escobar, 569. Peralta, 747. He had Cole Calhoun at 827, which would have been nice. But Cole, uh, or starring Marte, excuse me, he was at 827, which would have been nice. But Cole Calhoun is actually leading this team in OPS at 894. Then Dalton Varshow, 578 OPS. Even uh, a Christian Walker is at 819, which is pretty solid. But most of these guys are at seven or, or below 750. What is that? One, two, three, four, 
five, six guys right now in this everyday starting lineup who have below a 750 OPS. That's just not going to cut it. The D-backs have not been getting as many home runs as they've been accustomed to. We've seen, you know, Christian Walker be a 30 home run guy. Ketel Marte, Eduardo Escobar, David Peralta. Those are four guys that we can't expect to hit 30 home runs, and none of them, if you just prorate their their numbers over the course of a 162-game season, would have even come close to 30 home runs. I mean, I could just do basic math of multiplying 60 games by two. I mean, we played about 50-something games right now, so I, I could just multiply it by three to give you about 150-something games. And if you just do that math, Christian Walker is only at 18 home runs on the season. You got Ketel Marte just at six. You got, uh, which he's missed some games, so I wouldn't believe he just hit six home runs. But his power hasn't been there. Eduardo Escobar is sitting at 12. So a lot of these guys, what is David Peralta? 15? I, I do think in a 162-game season, those guys probably get closer to 20. But I don't think any of them crack, what, 22 home runs? It's just a, a sad year for the D-backs in terms of any kind of power. And then the doubles you look at, only two guys with double-digit doubles this season. That's Christian Walker and Ketel Marte. So the extra base hits haven't really been there. And then the OBP uh, hasn't been good. And that's a lot of it's not just because the team has been bad at drawing walks this season, but the team is also just atrocious at just hitting the ball plainly. So if you can't hit the ball... It's going to be a struggle to get on base and raise that OBP because if you look, a couple guys in this lineup batting below 200 in Carson Kelly, Eduardo Espar, and Dalton Varsho. A couple guys batting below 250 in Cole Calhoun. Uh, so I guess there's one guy batting below 250, but no one is batting above 300 in this lineup, which is shocking. And Ketel Marte has the highest batting average at 290, and then it goes to David Peralta at 287. So... This D-backs team is offensively has just been a struggle. They're not getting on base. They can't hit for average. They can't really draw walks at a, a good pace. And they haven't showed a lot of power this season. So they can increase their OPS, which just means on base plus slugging. That offense will look a lot more better. Will look a lot better next season because they still have the pieces in place. They still have all the potential. There's still not a reason why this D-backs team can't look good next season, 21. I know I've been hyping and hyping them up prior to 2020, and I thought that was validated. I thought they had a good enough team to be validated for the hype. And they just let me down this season. So hopefully they can correct those two mistakes. But I still got one more for you guys. And that's the relievers need to get better at having shutdown innings. How many times this season have we seen the D-backs actually have a good game from their starter? They actually have like a two or three run lead. And then their bullpen comes up and just messes it up. Their bullpen comes in and just gives up a couple earned runs, a few runs here, a few runs there. And then all of a sudden, D-backs lose their lead. And it's not because their offense was bad. It wasn't because their starting pitching was bad, but just because the bullpen blew it. It's not surprising when you look at some of the ERAs in this bullpen. Junior Guerrero has been pretty solid, and Stefan Crying too. Guerrero has a 304 ERA. Crying has a 255. But after that, it gets pretty bleak pretty fast. Hector Rondon, 663 ERA. Kevin Gingle, 675 ERA. You got uh, Taylor Widener, 474 ERA. Yoan Lopez, a five-flat five ERA. Uh... Andrew Chafin before he got traded, 8-10 ERA. Archie Bradley before he got traded, 4-2-2 ERA. So most of these guys in this bullpen that have been coming in pretty consistently for this D-backs team have not been good in terms of ERA. I mean, I could just count it. Uh, Hector Rondon, 
uh, I'm just going to count all the guys who are above a four ERA. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys. And I'm also counting guys who were traded like an Andrew Schaefer or Archie Bradley because they were big parts of the Zionbacks team for most of the season. And right now, there there's at least eight guys in this bullpen with an ERA over four. And it's just been too many instances where a bullpen guy has come in 